We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. I am Andrew Laird from SoRare Data. You can find me on SoRare as Lairdino, joined as always by Andy Black, who you can find as Black on SoRare. Uh, apologies for those who are listening to the audio version of this podcast, but Andy, I think I have that exact same shirt. Oh, really? <laughs> Very nice. Like you almost took it right out of my closet. Very good. Although You should have worn it. We could have been like twins today. To be honest, I can't remember the last time I wore a button-down shirt. Yeah. It's the plight of working from home for so long. That I'm jealous. Is what it is. Yeah, I would be too. Um, all right. So we're at an international break. We just had a pretty full game week, or we had a full game week. And Andy, how many lineups do you have this for this midweek international? Like real ones or pretend ones? Uh, how many could pop how many like are in contests that could win prizes? Um, one. <laughs> and I think that that's even a stretch. Well, as there was a, uh, a commercial for the New York lottery years ago, and the simple phrase was, uh, well, the first one was, hey, you never know. Yeah. But the other one is a simple, got to be in it to win it. Yeah, I got to have a ticket to win the prize. There you go. So you're, you got a possibility there. Yeah, I... I have a D4 team that was just going to try to get a threshold, which it's fun funny because I had both uh, Goretzka and Kimmich in that lineup, I think, and like two power, like monsters to try to get a, a threshold. But I didn't have a goalkeeper and didn't have a forward, I don't think. So it was like I just need both of them to pop off and get 100. And uh, one of them's already out. I think. <laughs> so it's like I'll miss, I'll miss out on my threshold this week. I mean, maybe Goretzka will score 200. How much XP do you have on that card? Not that much. Not enough, huh? No. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. So I opened my rewards earlier, and you'll never believe what happened. You got players that you don't already own. Not only that, I got a guy I was going to buy. Wow. And now I don't have to buy guess. Um trying to think of who might be on your short list yeah there's no way you're guessing who this no. is <laughs> i mean it's it, it would have to be a challenger europe player somebody in belgium oh um i don't know yeah but you, you don't know the guy anyway um christian burgess is his name okay he is a center back for 
Royal Saint, whatever they are. Oh, okay. And is he is he like not playing or something? No, the only reason I wanted him is because I have their goalie, and I was like, to be honest, I was going to buy a super rare, and but this was a rare. But like I was, I literally was opening rewards, and I was like, oh, I I actually wanted this card. Yeah. And then I actually had a uh, card wise, I had a pretty good week in terms of number of cards. Um, but I got a Mark Delgado. Uh, he's a midfielder from Toronto. Yeah. As a tier two, which. Yeah. Eh. I think I, he, his numbers are decent though, right? His, his numbers are decent, yeah. but I just can't fathom that like the market has him is like a tier two. He's just right. like, like I don't think that he's going to sell, sell very well. Right. He also has gone by like Marky his entire yeah. career. And this card says Mark. Don't don't don't, yeah, the first year cards say Marky though, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But anyway, but then, yeah, I got a Mario Goetze limited card from All-Star, excuse me, limited All-Star. And it was a card that I won like a week and a half ago in all limited All-Star. Like he was a tier zero prize when I won him. And then I won him again as a tier two. And I can't sell it. Yeah. I mean, like I like... I keep posting it and nobody's buying his cards because he's hurt now. Yeah, keep keep lowering that price. Yeah. All the way into the ground. I'm gonna <laughs> It's like one of those things that I actually probably wasn't going to use him. And so I was like, oh, I'll just sell them. And now I have to try to sell two of them. I'm just gonna end up undercutting myself. Like yeah. I'll be like, oh, oh four, oh three nine, oh three eight, and then realize it's just me who's doing that. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man! So how about you? How many how many lineups did you submit this week? One. Yeah. Does it have a realistic chance at winning? No. Yeah. Is it? I had um, D four. Yeah, I put in All Star D four, and I. So I had I bought Anthony Morris, if that's even how you say his name. He's the oh right. He's yeah, the so COVID he's guy. the Royal Saint whatever guy. He was ruled out for COVID. I had a smashing challenger D four line, or excuse me rare challenger Europe lineup. And he was a zero because he tested positive for COVID, which then ruled him out. He's the Luxembourg keeper and that ruled him out for the international break. I was like, I had a team and then I didn't have a team. Yeah. Uh, So that's like the, the funny example. I think that we talked about it in the last podcast where like, you can do all you want to like prepare for international break and be ready and have your team. And then all it takes is, an injury or injury to someone else or um, COVID. Yeah. I, it's over. I want to uh, change that. I do have, I have um, two lineups cause I have an all-star uh, limited all-star team as well. Cause I have a bunch of Minero guys. So two teams I have one of which already has a zero in it. Vaco is showing is having a game and now he's showing is not having a game. Did you wake up early enough, speaking of games, to get your uh, South Korean players into your lineups two hours before lock? No, somebody said that they were already showing up in the UI, though. So, like, oh. I would have been fooled by that. H- had they not pl- like, had the game not counted, I would have been fooled because I don't pay close enough attention to, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever that is. The, <laughs> is that international break or is those U- UCL games? Okay. I didn't, well, yeah, no, that was yeah, uh, that was an international game. I didn't know if they were like the Asian Champion League. Oh, was that no, AFC? No. Is that what they call those? Yes. Yeah. Um, Sam, what's up, Sam, is uh, telling me I should sell my both Gertz's at the same time. 
No, I think he might be right. Maybe you just sell one and then you wait. Or you try to sell one and then, I don't know. Can I sell like a Gertza bundle? Two limiteds for the price of two limiteds? That'd be fun if you could do your own bundles. Uh, yeah, whose podcast was that? Quinny? It was Quinny's podcast, the Procast. Yeah. With uh, John Wallen, I believe, JW. And they were talking about how much they want to be able to sell bundles. And Quinny had this great idea that he has this like U.S. men's national team bundle, like ready to sell as soon as they like flip the switch and let us do it. And I think it's a great idea. Like there are some people who are like, oh, you know, I can sell like an SO5 lineup. And I've seen some people try that in the Discord. But it's I like that idea of like, yeah, just let us sell bundles. Just let us yeah. Um, I know that like uh, um, if you go out on like OpenSea, or any of like the other uh, like NFT marketplaces, you can do bundles on those marketplaces. And um, I think that Sorare could totally do it now just because the, with the scaling solution in place, they're not really concerned about like the transactions or anything like that. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like them, whether they want to build it or not. But I think it'd be kind of cool to be able to just like put together a, a five five player limited team or whatever, and then just sell it as is. No, I, I totally agree. Part of that conversation. And for those who have not uh, subscribed to that one, it's uh, yeah. The so rare pro pro cast. I always want to say pro crast. Yeah. Pro cast with Quinny. Uh, highly recommend it. So go uh, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. But the, the thing that I kept going back to, like, like you said, like, Oh, just, Sell them on OpenSea. And it's like, that is a royal pain in the butt. Both to like get the cards over there and then whoever has buys them has to bring them back. Oh, I guess you shouldn't care. About I don't that. even know if you can do it right now to be 100% honest. Yeah, to be, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't tried or anything like that. Is there, what do you think the reason is that they haven't started charging for secondary market sales yet? Like we all I, kind of assume they're going to. Maybe they yeah. even said they were. Yeah, like, Um. I don't, I think A, they don't need to. B, I think that they know that it'll just stir up the, like, stir up some drama. And, like, I guess they probably just don't need or want that right now. But I think that that's always in their back pocket. Uh, and, like, to me, I think that uh, I expect it at some point. I also expect, though, that if they're going to do that, then they need to build out the features on the secondary market um, to make it more user-friendly, usable. Um, secondary market is kind of a kind of a shit show right now. When just the way it's set up, where it's like all the cards just are spewed out there. There's really no like. I mean, there sure there's search and there's with some filters. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's not very friendly. Yeah. Um... John was saying that on, on Quinny's podcast that, yeah, like the secondary market is just kind of a mess. And I'm not sure like how much so rare needs to do right now, but I agree. Like the experience is awful. Yeah. And the fact that they told us they were working on this counter counter offer feature and we're still kind of waiting for that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, the it's count not... counter offers would be nice. I like the, uh, some of the stuff on Top Shot I like where you like click on a player or a moment and it'll show you like the uh, best price in the secondary market. And you can literally just like click on a drop down and scroll through all of the ones that are for sale. And there's just like, I don't know, it's 
it's, it's a better experience in some ways. Mm -hmm. Other ways, it's probably not. But the, the, that functionality, I thought, was pretty good. Yeah. That's where I'm contractually obligated to say that Sora Data has that feature already. So if yeah. you just go to the live offers feature, it's there. But yeah, I switching gears for a second because I see this uh, comment from uh, Anurag is how I'm going to say it. Apologies if that's not. Please send help. My limited team doesn't seem to stop crashing. Gone from $1,500 to $1,000 and nothing to show for wins. So I, I wanted to talk about this topic because I was listening to Nellis's podcast today, uh, the 137 one with Steven Gerard. And the, there was somebody uh, sent them a question that was like, who's losing on so rare? Like not everybody can win. So somebody has to be losing. And the response was kind of like, well, nobody's really losing. And that sounds weird, but like, if you have, if you bought a card, so like, let me, I'll use myself an example. I bought a Martin Vandervoort card recently for one ETH. It was the biggest purchase I've ever made. I can now go on the secondary market and buy one for 0.89. Am I losing? Did I lose? No, you're just experiencing the uh, international break. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sucks about the international break. Literally everything. But let's say it wasn't the international break. Frankly, his prices were dropping as soon as I bought anyway. Apologies yeah. to the other Vandevoort buyers in that range. But like, right. are you losing if like the value of your cards theoretically are going down? Kind of, yeah. Like that's like the equivalent of asking like if I buy 100 shares of Best Buy stock and it goes down, am I losing? Well, I guess you're not losing until you realize the realize the gain or loss, but I don't know. You're, you're in the process of losing. <laughs> it's like at halftime in a soccer game, if you're down four Oh, are you winning or losing? <laughs> that's <laughs> you haven't lost yet, but you're losing. Okay. So that's fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I think what's, what's important for people who feel like they're losing is to remember that you don't, you haven't lost until you sell your card for basically nothing. And that doesn't mean that your cards will go up at some point, but like our time frame is much longer. Like if you're losing four, nothing at halftime of a soccer game, you only have 45 minutes or, you know, whatever lower uh, ages are yeah. to get back. But like so rare, you, you have a little more time at least. So yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about that. Literally. I heard that like who's losing. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm losing on this Vandevoort card for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's that. I, I listened to that same question on that podcast. And I, I, that's a super intriguing question. Super intriguing. And I think that the obvious, obvious ones are the people that are putting the most money into the platform and have not either won a significant number of uh, rewards or have not. Um, uh, like sold cards in the secondary market. And if you look at accounts like Karupu and Rock CC Dog, where they're not crushing the SO5 game and they're not really playing the secondary market, they're just pumping money into the platform. Like, I'll be honest, those are the people that I see as the ones that are losing at this moment. Um, that could obviously change if another bigger whale comes in and wants their cards, they can name their price because they own all those uniques. And I mean, prices, 
prices on those have the greatest potential for like the highest rise and the right. highest fall. So um, that's the game they're playing, I guess. Yep. Yep. So the follow up here. So it's, I, I feel like I was thinking about this earlier today, probably listened to Nellis's thing or podcast. That's the so far so rare podcast for anybody who's looking for it. Another excellent uh, listen. So check that out. Mm-hmm. But the, the thought was the thought that I had was the conversations that we were having in like April in terms of the cost to get in we're having now, and but the prices are the same. Like the cost of entry was too high in April, May, whatever it was. It was like, you can't expect people to play in a game that costs 500 to $1,000 to play. And we're like, don't worry, the new scarcity will take care of that. Mm-hmm. And guess how much it costs to get like a reasonable limited team? Yeah. It's about a lot. That. It's a lot. I actually don't know if it's really as high. Like, I think people get too bogged down in like winning score, like podium scores. And I think most people don't build lineups to win podiums. I can't like, it's just financially, it doesn't make sense. But at least with, I mean, we talked about this previously, like with global all-star rare, rare global all-star, whatever. D4, like you have the threshold. It just feels like because the scores are so high and limited that I wouldn't rule out some sort of like progression bar threshold in limiteds also. Like, do you think there's going to be progression bars for everything? I don't know. It was, I never like thought of it that way, mostly because they talked about it early. Like if you play this, then you can't play. Yeah, it was like only in D4. But somebody mentioned it today in one of the discords I'm in. They were like, oh, well, when the progression bar for D2, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, what? I think everybody's got their own, like, imagination of what it is. And I honestly, it'd be healthier if just everybody stopped. Because nobody knows. It might not even be a bar. Like, it could be something, it might be something completely different. Like, call them gameplay changes. (laughs) The yeah, it's also like game of telephone where it's like, oh, well, we heard this, and now we're, uh, we hear this, and now I heard it from him that it's going to be this, and and everybody's got their own, it, it's totally twisted into something else. Then I'll ask you this extremely loaded question. Oh, let's do, go, let's do it. Do you think SoRare is too transparent with their plans? Uh, sometimes. But also, like, for gameplay, like, mechanics, like, how the game is going to actually work, I think that they maybe need to be more transparent. Um, more transparent once we're near, once it's close. <laughs> that whole uh, end of summer thing, like, I'm totally in the in the crowd of uh, uh, overpromise under, which, whichever one's good. Underpromise, over. <laughs> God, I'm dying right now. Yes, under promise, over deliver. Um, because like it just puts you in this situation where now everybody's laughing at them, like, oh, late summer, huh? And you know, I think that sure some things might have like changed their plans a little bit, and um, whether it was the investment or being able to scale and get limiteds out there, but at this point, like. You got to be, you got to, they, they need to know that that stuff's on their roadmap and can, can change their plans. Yeah. I think we had actually talked about it in terms of rewards, the rewards transparency and looking back, I think that's like one of the biggest mistakes they made was like, 
this is how we're doing rewards. Yeah. Look at this big medium post about it. Right. And then they were like, you should check us to make sure we're doing it. And then everybody checked them and they were wrong. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, like if, the, if these were uh -oh. just the rewards and there was no like, this is how we're doing the rewards. There's no dynamic system or whatever. It's just like, this is the rewards. Would it people care? Like people would, I'm sure we would get like, Hey, there should be more, there should be more on international breaks. You should do, but I just, I don't think that there'd be as much, I don't know. I think it was a giant discussion. mistake to tell us like exactly what the plan was. And I think people were starting to like, I think people appreciate it because they're like, Oh, I can plan ahead right. somehow, you know, for the bigger weeks. And I know there are more rewards, but I guess I just come at it differently. Cause like from DFS, like you never know what the rewards are until the contests are posted. And sometimes they go up and sometimes they go down. And sometimes there's like overlay, which is like extra rewards for no reason. And people yeah. seem pr pretty fine with that. Like, I think you can make the argument that you could argue with so rare, like, oh, I think reward, there are too, not enough rewards. And they could be like, okay, we'll work on it. And we just let them go work on it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Skate Perez wanted to know when he should build his MLS team. And I think Sam gave a pretty good answer. I might wait even a little bit longer, like once the playoffs are all the way over. I think prices could plummet pretty good once the season's fully over. Uh, and just the same, I expect prices to pump really hard. Um, like these are my hot takes and my predictions and not financial advice. But I expect the market to pump pretty hard um, in regards to MLS prices in like February, March, just like last year. Um, because they're not going to have their pictures. They're not going to have their cards to print and put out on the primary market. So the only sales that are going to be going on are on the secondary market at the start of the season. And we're going to have all these new users onboarding that are not thinking in advance. They're thinking like right now they're wanting to buy cards to compete now. So there's going to be people that want those cards in that February, March timeframe. So, um, I would wait till like maybe beginning of December and start building and maybe even get some MLS depth that you might be able to, to flip. And if it turns out bad, don't blame me. <laughs> no, I, I, I like that non-financial advice, but yeah, I mean, we see prices go down in off seasons everywhere. So yeah. Yeah. Like MLS, obviously regular season is over. So half the league is now not playing. And yeah, I think, yeah, next month we'll see the decrease. My, my only thought is I'm not sure we're going to see quite as big of a boom as we did last year only because i think so rare is more prepared for it like i think they may not have rewarded as many cards uh, like the big problem last year was that they couldn't auction that many because they there were none left like yeah. they auctioned a ton of bundles in december those christmas bundles and then all of a sudden it was like oh everybody's ready to play mls and they were like oh sorry we're out of cards Still, i don't think a lot of those cards hit the like 100 mark last year no I don't think so. So like, yeah. they it just really felt like there was run a... out. They just were like unwilling to to release them or something. Yeah, it just felt like a there was not enough supply, and in those instances, they're the ones who hold the levers. Yeah. So that's my only hesitancy in saying that we'll see like a, a boom. My hesitancy would be the fact that uh, uh, limiteds exist now, and you know we're getting a thousand of those this year, and you know at some point there'll be a thousand of them next year. Uh, 
But at the start of the season, again, they're not going to have those ready for next year. I don't know when we got them this year. It was probably, what, April, May, something like that? I think the only, what, the limiteds? The, just the new cards, new MLS cards. Oh, um, that sounds about right. Yeah, May I don't know. So. I'm sure we could go back and look at uh, Discord messages and announcements and, and figure that date out pretty easily. Um, yeah, let me just see when that Wando one of 100 went. Um, well, that was on the second release. His came out like... Well, that's right. That's right. You could look at like, I don't know, Vela or something. I'm sure he mm-hmm. came out in the first batch. Yeah. So my only thought is this price bump that we're expecting doesn't apply to limiteds. Like, I don't, I honestly do not think we're going to see, I mean, percentage wise, fine. You can get cards now for 0.005 and you can maybe sell them for 0.01, which is a nice like ROI percentage. But the, the fact that like limited cards didn't start until August. And so like MLS was like behind, like they're going to have so many MLS cards available for limiteds because they started late. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I have like alerts set up on sorter data for like cheap MLS limiteds and I'm getting emails all the time. Like I have to lower my range. Cause I'm just all of a sudden I was like, wow, you can get this, you know, whoever Chicharito was like 0. 0.007. And I'm like, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like how, how low can those go? I don't know. And there's other market factors. I'm trying to sell some, so I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. There's other market factors too, that we're not like even really considering like, what does ETH do over the course of the next four months or five months? Um, and I did look, it was late May that the like first uh, Velo was auctioned. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that's when all those cards started to kind of drop. How much did that go for? Mm, the one of 100 uh, for this year was 0.553. Do you want to know what the one, no. of, one of 100 from 2020 was? Oh, Sure. 1.85. And that's 1.85. Yeah. And that's right as they were announcing that he was not going to play in MLS's back tournament. What was that though? Like $85? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't have uh, the fiat feature turned on on so rare, so rare data. Yeah. The other funny one was Joseph was released when he had an ACL injury and yeah. was out for the year. And all of his cards sold like as if they were, as if he was playing. As if he was healthy, yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, the question was, are MLS cards going to be continue to be minted? Uh, yeah. I don't. They don't stop just because it's the off season. Yeah. I so, think that they'll keep going. Yeah. And Mike brought up this uh, question. We never did see the random T3 rare rewards to non-reward places that Sora said would come in the dynamic reward system. They actually definitely did that. Like yeah, I definitely failed. won a few like pure DNP red X guys. But I think I'm not sure they actually expanded rewards. They just started throwing the, those guys in. The problem was, was they got mixed into the tier three pool, just yeah. like a normal tier three pool. And it was, it ruined all of the tier three rewards because yeah. people that were like expecting like a good tier three, were getting DNP tier tier threes. And then people that were maybe supposed to get the DNP tier threes, were getting guys that played and it was pretty, pretty messy for like two or three weeks and then they shut it down. Yeah. No, I think that there are a lot of things about rewards that I don't feel like getting into, but the fact that we're still using four tiers is kind of wild to me. Like, 
Yeah. Even Perez looking at the star team. tier, you're just like, there are too many people in this tier. And, yeah. I mean. How is there not like six tiers? Good question, Andy. Good question. Perez wants to know if he should buy a Carlos Acevedo. Yes, buy a Carlos Acevedo. Huge, huge Acevedo bull here. <laughs> yeah. That dude's awesome. He's got great hair. He's fun to watch. <laughs> Pretty good goalkeeper, too. Mm-hmm. He's got to be cheap by now, too, right? I mean, they're, I guess they have playoffs, but yeah, and they're gonna, I think, sneak into the playoffs. Uh, but yes, I think the price I is gonna go down. It could, it could be a short run for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, any of the MLS guys or Liga MX now, like the season's basically over. So if you buy now, it's going to go down, like right. the utility goes down. So that's why. But it's going to look pretty good in April, in May, when people are playing, you know, possibly double. One ETH for an Acevedo? Right. I mean, he's no Joe Willis, but. I mean, we just don't really know. Like, again, like ETH could go to $10,000 and then we're talking about completely different ETH numbers. Uh, Alternatively, it could go down to whatever. And we're talking about higher numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I think. What what do you think would happen if ETH went down to like five hundred bucks tomorrow, just like crashed, flash crashed down to five hundred dollars? What would the so rare market do? I think it would explode in a good way. Yeah, I I would put all of my cards in the market. Like you put them all in the market for sale, every single one to try to accumulate more ETH. Yes. Yeah. Like because I know you we... would speculate that it would, you would be speculating that it would go back up. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like I know that we uh, we've had Evaldo uh, on a few times, and I think he. I mean, he generally hates crypto anyway, but he think he doesn't look at so rare as like an ETH accumulation tool. Right. But or at least he doesn't look at it as exposure. Exposure to ETH. Correct. Yep. Correct. So the expo that itself is i feel like already proving it not wrong but obviously i have eth exposure if eth crashes and i go to sell all my cards because i want to buy that eth but yes i think the bigger problem we have is if it goes to ten thousand instead of 500 because i think that might kill the market yeah i don't know i don't know know if kill is the right word but um i I think it slows everything down yeah it would just it would slow it down to a grand now, if they switched over to like a stable coin, do you think that that has any market effects? I think, I think there's a thought that it makes the game easier, but I don't know if it does. Like I read, what was I reading the other day? Oh, Tacoma's thing about SoRare as a company. And it was a pretty, very good piece. And... It was all about how, like, if you sign up for So Rare and you play the the casual league and you get your common cards, and then if you want to go to the marketplace and if you want to buy cards on with like a credit card or a debit card, like, there's really no mention of crypto. And I think that's a positive, but I think there are way too many people who have been on So Rare long enough who maybe 
have a decent role in the secondary market and they all care about ETH. And so it's tough to like, if you go to a stable coin, then you're basically telling everybody who's like, oh, I want to use this as a way to accumulate ETH that they just can't do that anymore. I mean, they can. Well, they're selling, they, then they have to break, take their money off of so rare. Yeah. I don't know. Have you done that yet? I mean, I have, but it all went right back on. <laughs> so. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. For those of you listening and watching, Andy and I talked about this. Was it yesterday? So rare time is such a blur, but I don't know. It was basically like, I think I should take some profits. And the response that I, you said you wanted to take some profits. And I said, what are you going to do with it? And my response is like, I would take profits and then just buy more cards. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I appreciate that people look at this as some sort of investment vehicle, which I think is not the best idea. I think there are better things you could probably invest in directly, but I've kind of always looked at this as just a really expensive game that I could make money from, but like taking profits, then I'm like, all right, well now I have this cash fiat cash. What am I going to do with it? I don't want to sit on cash. So let me invest it. Like, do I just go buy ETH? If I wanted to just go buy ETH, I would have just bought ETH, but instead I bought these digital JPEG, you know, these JPEGs. 
Right. And I don't know. I just, I, I think it's easier for me to say, cause I haven't put in life changing money, but I'm hoping it turns into life changing money. Right. But I'm not there yet. So like, why would I, what am I doing? Yeah. What's bizarre to me is I'm same boat. I'd never thought of it as an investment vehicle or anything like that. It was just a game that was fun. And, uh, uh, I was playing it and accumulated more and more and more. And now I'm at a point where it's like, um, the money that is that's in there is, I don't know if life changing is the word, but it's significant and it mm -hmm. is a significant portion of my portfolio. So it's like, um, all of the smart finance guys are all about buying, uh, balance, you know, um, having the right amount of, uh, uh, crypto and cash and stocks and just balance across your portfolio. And even like in stocks, they're looking at different sectors and, you know, whether it's energy, uh, uh, biomed or pharmaceuticals and, and balance across your portfolio. And that's something I really do not have right now is balance. So um, I, I, it's funny because I've been really kind of thinking through that and it's like, should I have more balance in my portfolio? Should I sell some cards and cash it out and have more cash but then what am i going to do with the cash am i going to it's like this weird thought and it's like at this point it's just like no i'm just going to keep playing <laughs> this is really where we're proving this is absolutely not financial advice because we're obviously not the financial experts here but and i'm sure i'm making choices that any financial advisor would be like what the f are you doing you know like that's exactly what they would tell me what the f are you doing and i would just be like it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i I think the I think you're underestimating your balance because you have a lot of Challenger Europe cards, Champion Europe cards, and America cards. So you seem pretty well balanced in terms of this <laughs> sector of your portfolio. So don't sell yourself short. And super rares, but what I don't have is uniques. That's right. That's right. So so let's say you were uh, talking to like an investment advisor, and instead of the, the the what the f are you doing question is actually less like why are you buying these, and more like why haven't you bought any uniques? Right. Does that make you stay in the office with your new financial advisor or do you leave? Yeah. If he started that conversation up with me, I'd be, I'd be like, wow, you're a smart man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe I should sell out of some of those limiteds and start investing in uh, some uniques. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or sell my house to buy a unique. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah, I remortgage the, the house and get some uniques. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there are just too many people who look at this. Like, I think anything that like can make money, it's like, oh, it's an investment. And right. it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's for such a vast majority of the people on this platform, like you need to look at this as just a, an expensive game. And yeah, like if you, I think I, there are obviously people who make enough money on this platform that can take it out and pay for this, some of their lifestyle. And that's great. But I just don't think for most people, that's probably the case. I think that there's just so many gamblers amongst us and, you know, whether it's gambling, not gambling, whatever, the fact that you can win a card like Mbappe that sells for 20 grand or whatever, I don't know what it is in fiat, but you know, that, that carrot at the end of the stick is kind of what keeps people intrigued. And um, who did I see? It was uh so rare Argentina. I think he won I think a Holland rare this week and another really cool super rare. And, you know, I haven't really looked at his gallery, so I don't know what, what his gallery looks like, but I imagine that that's, that's a pretty damn big win for, and I think he's a newer account, right? 
Uh, I don't think he's newer. No. So there were there are two things about this about this situation. One, it was the Halland jersey mint. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Which yeah. is nuts. Um, yeah. And nuts because, like, so rare as a business probably shouldn't have done that. Like, that's the arguably one of the most expensive cards you're going to sell on the platform. Yeah. At least rare cards. But whatever. It's not my business. The other is that it was a river plate stack. Was it? Yes. All of my river plate guys are hurt. I'm just That's trying to think of the week that they had. Okay, they had uh, Alvarez scored four goals, right? In a clean sheet, Armani had like 80 points. Okay. It was a huge week, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy that it was a jersey net. But yeah, whatever. But so... So yeah, I guess the way that I've always looked at this game was like, oh, it's really expensive and I can make money doing it. But like, I'm not going to play this game as like my livelihood. It's not my job. I have a job. Right. And so, I don't know. I just, so this whole like, I want to take profits out. Um, I guess there are, the, there are plenty of people who have taken like their initial investment out. Yeah. I don't know what they do with the money then. Like... Like, should I take money out and go buy a new car? Like, <laughs> I don't need a new car. I just don't know what I would do with it. Um, I don't know. That's why I haven't taken any money. Like, I, I feel it. I feel like I'm trying to, I, I'm not even sure what the word is, but it's weird. It feels weird to me to talk to people about So Rare and about how you can make money playing it. And they're like, well, how much have you made? And I'm like, nothing. Like I haven't, I haven't only withdrawn, lost money. Yeah, I haven't withdrawn anything. Um, I could sell all my cards, and they would be worth more than what I put in. Right. As of today, thankfully, but I haven't taken any out, so like, I haven't made anything. Yeah. Is that weird? No, and I think it really it just kind of comes back to that advice that uh, kind of goes with any platform or. Um, uh, you know, the stock market or crypto or whatever, and don't invest more than you're willing to willing to lose. And uh, uh, or or don't invest more than what's what your comfort level is. Uh, because certainly if you're if you're invested over invested, you're going to be just exposed greater when when shit hits the fan. I mean, you don't want to put yourself into situations like that where, you know, you're just putting yourself into a bad, bad situation. Um, Do yeah. you consider yourself overly invested in Sora? I mean, I didn't pump a ton of money into it. Um, a lot of ETH early in the early days of ETH when ETH was worth a lot less than it is now. But um, like if it went to zero, I would be super sad and upset. Um, but life goes on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's exactly how I described it. Like I would be super sad if I lost it all, but I think or you would be in a unique situation though, where, I mean, you're working at a job that's kind of, oh, it would, be, it would the, be so much worse actually. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be a little, a little different for you. It would be. Yes. Yes. I did think I described myself that way a few months ago when I was still at Rotowire. And so, but like, yeah, I think, I think if you need to, just that, like if you, I mean, everybody says it on every podcast because they feel like they have to like 
go with the whole, this is not financial advice, but yeah, if, if you have too much money in it, that makes you uncomfortable, then you shouldn't do it. Like, right. Take it out until you are comfortable. And then right. once you're comfortable, have fun, play on. Yeah. One of the, one of the lessons from this guy, Jordan Cooper, who's a big DFS guy. Uh, he does a lot of I think content. I follow him. Yeah. And one of the things he said was, if you're starting out on DFS and you have a really low budget, then you should just not play DFS yet. And yep. that you should go get a part-time job, go work at McDonald's and accumulate enough money. And it was, at, at some point you will have earned enough money from that other job that you can start playing DFS comfortably. And I think that's what people should do on server. This is the exact same. Like if you don't have the money to do it, don't do it. And right. like, wait until you have enough saved up comfortably that, and then if you saved all that money and you're like, yeah, I don't really want to buy JPEGs. Like that's cool. Right. But at least you're in like a safer situation. I mean, poker players know that as well. It's mm -hmm. just basic bankroll management. And, yes. You know, you're, you're not, you're not playing with your entire bankroll on the table at all times. And if you are, then that's problematic because stuff happens. Um, so proper bankroll management or whatever you want to call it. And so rare is super important. I'm sure DFS, it's the same way. You're not putting your whole uh, bankroll in play every week. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. you are. I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't imagine that's optimal strategy though. No. Um, so Sam said over the past two years, he's gone from a hundred percent game to about 40% game and 60% investment. And I think Sam is in, not a, it's hardly a unique position, but it, there are not many people in the position that he is in that. I think Sam's in like the 1% situation. Absolutely. He has a brutally efficient um, gallery that is competitive in every single region um, and basically every single division um, outside of D1. I think, I think Sam plays a little bit of D1. We talk on the side and I know that he plays a little America D1 and, uh, there might be another D1 that he competes a little bit in. But. Yeah, but but I think he's gone, like he had the situation where maybe he has not initially invested a huge amount, but he's been so successful that now it's like, oh, I need to pull out a little, you know, I need to diversify this a little bit because it's become so, so much. Yeah. Uh, I would love to have that problem, but. Good problem to have. You're right, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that, and I wonder if that's kind of where a lot of people think that, because I pretty much have always looked at what I've done based off of like my initial investment. And I was saying to you yesterday, like I finally went back and like looked at my bank receipts and like really, I got down to the penny of like how much I've actually spent on SoRare. And it turned out to be like slightly less than I thought, which was like shocking to me. And that's not, that wasn't like a ETH was down. And so like, but like literally dollars out of my bank account was less than I thought. But obviously the value of my cards and what I've won and put back in is higher than my initial investment. But yeah, I haven't taken any out cause I'm just not sure. It's like, do I, would I rather that money sitting in JPEGs or just sitting in my bank account earning right. like 0.001%. And so I'm just choosing the JPEGs right now. Yeah. Sam, I get what you're saying. Like, I know that there are people that put in little bits of money at a time into SoRare, and I think that's what you're getting at. But I think more what Andrew was getting at was just like, if you're uncomfortable with the amount of money that you have in play, then you're, you shouldn't play yet. Um, and if putting $5 a week makes you uncomfortable, you shouldn't put $5 a week right. into SoRare. Yeah. I do wonder if we'll see more people trying to just flip cards. 
I don't know what the number is. Like, I, I don't know how many of that on that graph of like number of people who own at least five cards play SO5. Yeah. But obviously the cheapest way to not, or the cheapest way, and that's not the easiest way, but like the cheapest way to make money on so rare is to just buy and sell cards. Like you never have to worry about a goalie. Right. And if you can scout and are willing to wait, obviously I think the only issue is that te that tends to be a longer term uh, return, longer term return. Like you're not going to realize Less profit fun. quite as fast. But even just like little, like little things, like we saw Gator Gator guy do with buying up all the bed. Uh, who did he buy? Uh, what Brad Knighton. Was it Bednick? No, Knighton. Uh, Brad Knighton, yeah. Doing that, or like, you know, international break is coming. So um, what if you bought up all of the Matt Turners or yep. uh, whatever other goalkeeper might be uh, in desire this game week? Or uh, maybe there's like only one good forward like really looking at those those little aspects of like specific game weeks and hunting down those players and, and just holding them until that game week and then, yeah. you know, doubling your money or whatever. I, I think what you said, though, like I think that we'll see more and more people play this flipping game until um, until it's almost no longer profitable. The, the market will be so efficient and effective that you'll just see the the uh, uh like the, the gains kind of like flatten out, mm -hmm. but, but I think you can make a ton of money doing it right now. For if sure. You do it right now you can still make a ton of money doing it. Um, but I think over time that's just going to flatten because mm -hmm. more people are going to do it and there'll be people undercutting until it just flattens out. Yeah. I, I mean, playing SO5 is absolutely the most expensive way to play so rare. Like yeah. if you consider, buying and selling cards playing so rare but i would say the nice thing about actually playing so rare is you can do both things you can yeah. play the game and you can flip cards at opportune times so you kind of get the uh the effects of both the best of both worlds per se yeah i mean we obviously see like one one extreme with pavel who i still can't buy cards from but like he enters SO5, but like you look at the lineups and they're, they're not, they're just, he's there because like, hey, maybe I'll win something. And then the times you win something, it's like it's immediately for sale. Like there's no thought of like making better SO5 teams. But I don't know. I feel like you and I tend to buy cards that we think will make our lineups better. And so we're not here flipping, even though I think right. about it all the time. Like I said, Mamba got his Estevez's mixed up today, buying five of the one from Porto, thinking he was the big prospect one at Sporting. That's a shame. Uh, yeah, that sucks. We kind of joked about that the other day with the the Chicago Fire guy, because they've got a goalkeeper, their goalkeeper, the uh, and somebody said that they bought the defender. Was it you or? It was not me, Kaiser, been... I believe. Who was it? Kaiser Soze. Ah, uh, yeah. So he he bought the defender, the defender, thinking it was the goalkeeper or something. Yeah. So I guess they're brother. Is it right? They're brothers. I assume so. Are they twins? I don't know. The different ages, I think. Oh, are they? I think so. I'll have to verify that. But I mean, that's not quite as bad as the Donnarumma situation that people were trying to pull. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. That's it's close to being as bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe the price difference between the two is not as bad, but it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, that's fair. Is uh, um, 
That that kid gonna be the the is is he the new hot U twenty three goalkeeper next year? Everybody? He better be because man, I like people are paying half an ETH for a seventeen year old MLS goalkeeper for the worst team in the in Major League Soccer that which, just sold or not sold just did not renew the contract of like ten players. They're gonna go on a complete rebuild, and, and who knows. And oh, and the season's over. Yeah, like I, I mean, if if you tried to like compare prices to other players, now you're like, if he's a point five card now at the end of the season, in March he should be two ETH. <laughs> yeah, okay. and you can buy a Choa right now for point three six, I think. Well, there's one on the market for point four two, but his. Three day or seven day average is 0.36. So, and he's in the playoffs. You get at least one more game out of him. Mm-hmm. I guess he's two years older. Yeah, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, they were much better at the end of the season, Chicago. Yeah. And he obviously benefited from that being their goalie. But again, like half their team is now gone, including their best player. Yeah. Like Madron's gone. So, like, Think he'll land somewhere in the MLS? I don't think he wants to be here. No. Sean kept trying to convince me that he just didn't want to be in a cold weather city. You think but, he's good enough to play? I mean, obviously he's good enough to play somewhere in Europe, but um like he's dead if he goes to La Liga. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess he doesn't start at all in La Liga. I I can't or if he does, he's not Chicago maybe fire. maybe he can go to Belgium or something. That'd be fun. Sure. The Americans seem to do do fine over there. He's Spanish though. That's why he would go to La Liga. Yeah. I don't know. I thought there was a La Liga link somewhere, but a bunch of MLS guys go to Mallorca and Venezia now, so or Americans. Yeah. I don't know. I speculating on MLS transfers is like I can't even get into it. But I have the Madron limited jersey mint, so hopefully he goes somewhere and I can get rid of that card. Who did I just see was out of contract? Was it Eloy Room? Is that a contract? I don't know. I think he is. And um, that'll be an interesting one. Just a out of contract goalkeeper that um, – an unvaccinated goalkeeper, as we found. <laughs> <laughs> I have Clement Jopp, who is the – Montreal impact goalie for a while. And then they let him go. And then he was in LA and I was like, Oh, he's going to go to LAFC. Ah. And then he was in Miami and I was like, Oh, they just got a goalie. And yeah, he still doesn't have a job. Mm. I just want him to start somewhere. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should buy Evan Bush over the, uh, um, the, the winter and, and hope, uh, well, maybe not hope, but hedge that, uh, room gets a job somewhere else. And then I'll have two goalies. I can't fathom Evan Bush as a starting MLS goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, but I'll get him cheap just in case. Um, they also have what is his first name? Yeah, Eric Dick is a oh right, Eric Dick. He's U twenty three goalkeeper, right? This is claiming he's twenty seven, which is hilarious because I thought he was like nineteen. Yeah, look at it. I, I've only seen his picture, so I've That's only weird. seen his. Uh, so rare card, I think. Yeah. And the DMs that he sent me. Nope. 
uh, yeah, our friend Trippin B has one of his cards and he follows him on Instagram and I, he's shared some of his posts and he definitely does not seem like a professional athlete for how little he's actually playing, <laughs> playing soccer. That's pretty easy here. Um, do we ever plan on doing lineup helps and such? I don't know. Have you seen our lineups? <laughs> yeah. We. Hey, how many combined DMPs did you have last game week? I was gonna. I was gonna get this data. I'll. I'll. Cal- I'll calculate it now. I'll For just me. look at my app count here. yours. I, this is a tough game week, by the way. What's that? It was a tough game week. It. It was. I guess. It happens. I had two two guys that would have gotten me prizes that were ruled out with COVID after the deadline. And I missed a Minero yellow card uh, suspension that I think, let me see here. Yeah, I probably would have won Champion America D5, excuse me, Limited Champion America, Limited America. They don't even call the champion anymore if he had played. Yeah, I had a lot of lineups where I was uh, a DNP away from probably a card. Um, I think it was like seven or eight lineups. So you should uh, work harder. Maybe not that many, but like my All Star D two, all my guys did really well. But I had two DMPs. Paul Lopez was a DMP out of the blue, um, which I think we always kind of knew that was. I think I think we always knew Mandana could play at some point. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be in a Europa League game, not on a league game. So that was a pretty big shocker to me. And it was a good matchup too, so that sucked. Um, I had a couple, I think two or three lineups where I was like 60 points away from a card. My all-star D3 sucked. I had 298 points with a Chris Mueller super rare left, and he he was a DNP. Mm. Um, and I was kind of think, thinking about it over the weekend. I was like, this is why this is why we shouldn't want um, subs. <laughs> Because, because I have like like eight lineups that could have become competitive had I had subs. So you shouldn't want me to have subs. We're really going there, huh? <laughs> We're going to subs. Yeah, Be right. I, mean, I don't I want you to have them. subs. Um, but I had a lot of DMPs this week. I think it was just I think it was just a matter of like the situation. A lot of the MLS teams were kind of resting guys for the playoffs, which was bizarre to me like um seattle resting like everyone Diaz and yeah when all they had to do was win to get a first round by what's that all about and then and then kansas city rested russell which maybe he just couldn't play i don't know but if he couldn't play he shouldn't have been in the squad right they should have had a, they should have had somebody else that could play in the squad um so that was kind of weird, and then they just kind of let Colorado come in and get the get the buy. It, it was just weird to see that many DNPs. Like, I actually don't think the MLS ones were that bad because it's like the last game of the season, and like, not every game matters. But like, we saw a bunch in yep. Europe too. That like, I don't. They were like, oh, it's before like it's before an international break. Some of these guys don't even play for their national teams, and they're getting rested. And that's just like, what? Yeah, what are you doing? What? Why are we doing this? But again, like. The subs, like everyone's opinion about subs should be completely selfish. And my selfish one is that guys like you who have much more depth, I don't want you to have yeah. full lineups. Sorry. 
I think you're right. Not sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Sam. I hope they do lose in round one. Like, Ruby Diaz not playing at all. Like, screw them. I had a him in a somewhere. He ruined one of mine. Who who did? Rui Diaz. Yeah. Oh, the best. So my champion America team, we talked about this. Jonathan Mensa was ruled out like right after the deadline. Yeah. And my goalie scored 78 points. And I'm did like, you have him stacked with a room? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, but my goalie room scored a ton of points. Oh, did he? Oh. 68. Yeah. So I had a 78 goalie and I'm like, anytime I have a goalie score well, I'm like, all right, I could really make noise here. Cause mm-hmm. like anytime they give up a goal, I'm like, oh, this is dead. Gabriel Arias and like racing hadn't had a clean sheet in like a hundred years. It felt like, and he finally got one. And I'm just like, the Colorado game is until Sunday, but I know that Mensa is a zero. And so right. I'm just like looking at this lineup, like, ah, and then Keaton Parks didn't play. So it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and two yeah. DMPs. And then I wasted a Vela captain. He got an assist and I was just like, oh, dead. Two DMPs. And I was 116 away from a card. Man, I hate this game. That's frustrating. I want to sell my gallery. Um, I was surprised to see there was there was a list of the uh, uh, MLS players that covered the most ground this year. I was surprised to that we didn't see uh, Michael Bradley on that list. Huh? It's be you know why? Why is he was that? playing so much? He was playing so much center back, so he couldn't run back any further. That's true. <laughs> Although there was a center back on the list. Really? Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find the list real quick. That's wild. I'm trying to see what did Michael Bradley give us this week. For those who are unaware, uh, Andy and I are both dumb enough to have a Michael Bradley super rare, and we play him all the time. Thirty eight point three points in ninety minutes in a three one loss at home. This guy is awful. I actually joked around. One of my rewards this week, I looked at his, um, at his scores and. They're not like great, but he like scores in the forties. I'm trying to think of who it was now. Is it Vimmer, this guy? So he's an L5 of 49, an L15 of 45. And I looked, oh, it's not this guy. It's this other clown that I got. But he basically like only scores between 40 and 43. Yeah. And I was like, this is, he's Michael Bradley. Except he's a forward. So he never scores. So this came from Tom Bogart, Bogart, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Um, but he's one of the big beat writers or writers in the MLS. Um, And I think he might even play so rare. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen him around, around either way. Sean Davis covered. um, uh, Oh wait, no, that was week two. Yeah. So this is, this is wrong, but Sean Davis, I think was at the top of the list. And um, uh, there was, God, there was a center back on the list, which was pretty shocking. Yeah, that is weird. And Krylock, I think, was on that list as well, which is like he's over thirty, so it's weird to see a guy at that age covering that much ground. I mean, isn't Bradley like thirty four, thirty five? Yeah. And now which, his dad's going to be his coach. Do we do we really think that's happening? And do you think Bradley will play another year? I mean, he's not that old, right? I mean, <laughs> but like, actually, he's not that old. Isn't he only like thirty three? Yeah, which is pretty old, right? Demo less. 
Come on. Um, 34. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at him for being so old, but I'm older than him. So yeah, I, I mean, let's see. Transfer market has no contract information on him. He's, he probably just has a lifetime deal in MLS. That's the other funny thing about the MLS is nobody knows who's under contract for how many years. So it's like, but they have that. They come out with the salaries every year. They have the salaries, but the, they don't have the number of, of years that they're under contract, which is bizarre. Yeah. Somebody was saying that about the Asian leagues too. I think long-term contracts aren't allowed in the J League. And so somebody was like, oh, this guy is going to be a free agent. And they're like, no, everybody's basically a free agent. They just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I had a Sean Davis. Sean Davis is one of the first cards I ever bought on SoRare and sold immediately. <laughs> I think. He. Uh, I was looking at his scores the other day after I saw how much ground he covers. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, That's such a great line. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I was impressed with his stats. To be quite honest, like that's a card. If I could get his super rare for cheap, I would love to have because, like, he always gets you that like enough to keep your lineup alive. He's probably not going to win you a game week, but he's never going to kill you. What? What do his rare cards go for now? Point oh three two for his rare. So right I, I bought his rare card on auction for 0.021 on february 7th okay and i sold it on march 2nd so a little less than a month for 0.53 the boom man there's your mls boom right there yeah sean davis 0.05 his super rare you can buy right now for 0.243 which he's the type of unspectacular player where if there's auctions uh left and one goes within the, you know, after they get eliminated from the playoffs, I think he's one of those ones that you could pick up for like under 0.1 or under 0.15 maybe. He feels like exactly the card you need if you're just one of those people who love to see that you're like 33 points short of a card in D2, D3. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like, oh, I got some good, I got some green scores here. Here we go. Oh, yeah. 38.62 to D2. <laughs> I don't think he scores in the 30s really ever, does he? It's mostly in the, like, 50s. Uh, okay, there's some 40s in there. He he actually showed up on, like, a similar players thing that I was doing the other day. I forget who I was looking at. Michael Bradley. But uh, might have been Michael Bradley. My, my, um, my MLS year uh, comes down to this, and it, it's pretty tragic. Um and it should really be more my champion America year came down to me freaking out at the beginning of the year because all of my super rare midfielders were hurt. So I had, I owned two Kevin Molino super rares. Mm-hmm. I sold one before he got hurt. The other one is sitting in my gallery dead. Um, I owned Nico Ladero super rare. That card's dead. Um, I own a De La Cruz super rare. That card has been maybe not dead, but he's been like unusable. So it was like the second week into the MLS season. I was like, I have to, I have to pick up a uh, uh, midfielder super rare to just to play. And I picked up Michael Bradley for, are you ready for it? Let me scroll down and find it. 0.506 ETH. I'm not even going to tell you what I paid for mine. I know what you paid for yours. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't think 
that was the biggest decision that affected your season, your MLS season? I think the biggest one was, and I apologize for rubbing salt in this wound and we're going we're over an hour now, so I won't, I'll, I'll leave on this high note was you were talking about how you needed like an impact uh, forward for mm -hmm. champion America. Yeah. Super rare. And I remember you bought, you were like, it's either going to be uh, Johnny Russell or Alan Polito. And you were like, I think Polito's just more like he plays more. Russell's always hurt. Like, I'm just going to go there. Yeah. And um, I think your results would have been different. Had you you want to know what I paid for that card? I'm going to guess. Is this one where you tried to trade the rare to get him? I did. Oh, you did do that. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I think you, I, and okay. I'm going to guess that you, it was one ETH plus the rare card. No, it was a lot more. I remember so we were talking about that too. Cause you were, it was with Pavel, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and so you were like, I'm going to give him the rare card so at least he still has a Polito. And I'm like, he doesn't care. He just looks at the value of the Polito rare. Like, could it be anybody? 1.6. Plus the rare? Mm-hmm. Hurts, man. <laughs> that's just two bad moves. And it's like... The, the Polito one, like, th that's out of your control, though. Like, yeah. I mean, they all were. Like, the, the only reason you had to get the Bradley was because, like, Ladero got hurt. Like, right. injury... I I struggle to say like people made the wrong moves if like thing an injury is like totally out of your control and so yeah i had another oh i had lozano too he was like more depth in the midfield i had so much midfield depth going into this year that i really didn't like focus on it in the off season because i thought i was like good yeah but just got absolutely destroyed with injuries and um and then i was scrambling and yeah like like you said sam stuff happens do you only have uh, one Lozano super rare? Only one super rare, oh, okay. yeah. I, I had uh, – so the, the other reason I remember I got the Polito was I already have a Russell a JFR rare. So it was like, well, I'll always already – I'll just diversify and have you yeah. know, the benefits of one and, and the other. But, uh, yeah, that didn't, that didn't turn out too good. Did you buy Joe Willis for one ETH? I didn't. Know. It's okay yeah. then. Yeah, I guess. Apologies if anybody is watching or listening to this who did buy the Polito. I mean, excuse me, the Joe Willis for one ETH. If you did, know, did, he can laugh at me for buying Polito for 1.8 ETH and Michael Bradley for 0.5 ETH. 0.5, wow. <laughs> the worst part is, is that I couldn't sell mine for what I paid right now. Yeah. Maybe maybe in the boom next year you can. Maybe. Yeah. I'd be happy to sell that car. And I got to scroll back because uh, Sam was saying he doesn't have anybody from RSL, so he's a big Sounders guy now. But I got a roost knock, so I can't. I got to just hard pass on that. Go Sounders. Yeah, I need it. I I I think I'll take the extra U twenty three. Like I I need Ochoa to be playing as long as I can because I don't have any super rare U twenty three goalkeepers. So. Um, I'll take that utility as long as I can get it. Gosh, U23 super rare goalkeeper sounds like that's just, I'm never market, getting there. Market you don't want to be in? No. <laughs> the worst part is I don't even want to speculate. Like I don't even want to get a guy, you know, like some 18 year old who might be the backup because the super rare price still like makes it. 
Yeah, or even just like like you get the one that's playing every week, and then all of a sudden he stops playing, like Maximenko or something, and it's just like, oh, okay, now he went from being a two ETH card to a zero ETH card. Yeah, because <laughs> right. who wants a non-playing goalkeeper? Right, right. Like, good luck selling that. Yeah, knock on wood, I've avoided goalkeepers. Those so suck, man. They're they're the worst part of the. We should just start trading. Yeah. Forget this. Do a goalkeeper bundle. What do you think? Ooh. Wait, didn't we do that? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. That was the first one. How much we hate buying goalkeepers. Yeah, I think that was the first one. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, All right. I think our international break shenanigans have gone far enough. Uh, Once again, this is the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. I guess where you have another technically international break podcast next week. Oh, man. Because... These things are just so long. But um, yeah, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew M. Laird. Andy is at ablack86. We're also available in the SoRare Discord. Um, again, I'm Lairdino. Actually, I think I'm Andrew M. Laird there too. Andy is at Black. So uh, definitely uh, reach out if you have something you would like us to talk about. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, if you could please hit the like button below and uh, feel free to subscribe. For all the videos that we will be putting out. And if you're listening to the audio version, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. Andy, thanks for that. And I'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com